Okay, hello and welcome to another episode of Dano Says So, brought to you by Trust Records as part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Today's episode occupies an entertaining or fun space for me. You could even call it a sentimental space because our guest is the very first guest this podcast ever hosted on episode number one. Um, he is a singer, songwriter, a painter, a man who is currently flexing for the camera we're not using. He is for the last Just 42 for you, years. There you go. The front man of one of the more influential and trailblazing hardcore bands of all time. That being seven seconds. Uh, Kevin seconds. Thank you for doing this. Of course, man. I can't say no to you. I'm happy to get a second chance. All righty. <laughs> So listen, the last time you and I were eye to eye over the interwebs to do one of these, it was July of 2020. And for most people, 2018 and, you know, saluting the farewell of seven seconds was still front in their minds. And I don't remember us talking much about any potential future. What happened? A lot of people got sick, Dan. I don't know if you've heard, but we well, know. Uh, I don't, I don't mean know what man. happened in the world, <laughs> asshole. I mean, what happened with seven seconds? Uh, I got a couple of tattoos. No, I haven't gotten any tattoos. No, uh, I don't want to go on and on about this. So, so essentially, you know, when when I made the announcement, I did it on my own. I didn't tell the guys I was doing it. I I just, I just, I got tired of. We were still getting offers to do stuff like. Every week there was a new offer to go do something with so-and-so and good Australia and stuff. And it was all stuff that I wanted to do. It was all stuff that we all wanted to do, but two members in particular couldn't do it for, for, for personal and physical reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the past, when that's come up, it was always like, uh, you know, suck it up, you know, like ice, ice yourself down, do whatever you got to get, do, you know, whatever you got to do. If you're sore, who cares? We're all sore. And I'm old. I'm the oldest one. I should be the bitch. It was always like blowing it off and everybody would just get back in the van and do it. But I talked to Troy and Troy, Troy, we had a two hour conversation and Troy broke down and basically said, I'm just, I can't do this anymore. My body is killed. You know, I'm, 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 I've got all this numbness in my body. I don't have my mobility. I've tried to play drums. I'm not, I'm not playing at the level that I, that I want to, I hope to, at some point, who knows, uh, he, and he started getting, you know, just rehabbing shit and doing all this stuff, stuff with a, a like a sports athletic, you know, all these mm -hmm. crazy things, people. And, and when Troy said it, you know, Troy was always sort of my, he was just so solid. You know, he was always like the guy that I could like, Steve and I would get into fist fights, but I knew that Troy would sort of make us calm down. You know, we had that, Steve and I would have that brotherly stupid stupidity, and Troy would always make us both think, hey, don't let's just stop arguing because it's make it's bumming him out, you know, mm -hmm. And Bobby's Bobby just is Bobby. He's just on his own fucking uh, planet. So it's just it's kind of like that happened. And then I talked with my brother and he was just going through some just crazy bullshit involving just his sobriety. And and I, I only mentioned that because he's 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 been open about it. And uh, he told me the same thing. He said, look, I just I got to I got to I got to take care of this. And and I know we've got shows set up and, and booked and a tour booked in Europe, but I just don't think I can do it. And I think I'm going to be a mess. And I was like, that's all you need to say. And and so but the problem was, is I was still, connect, you know, talking to Margie, our booker and, and MAD over in Europe and, uh, you know, Rise Records at the time. And everybody was coming to me. I'm also plugged in on social media. So I'm still talking with people and people are asking me questions. And I'm just, I just, I, I started to have just uh, not a breakdown, but I just started to really lose my shit. I, I, I just said, I, I, I've been involved in this uh, from day one. I was the only one that never left and had kids and had issues. And, you know, I stayed everybody else, you know, right at the verge of a tour would say, I can't do it. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to find somebody to do it. Cause I don't want to cancel the show. And I just, 
I just said, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't, I'm tired of this. And I'm tired of, of hearing the, seeing the name seven seconds. I'm tired of seeing photos of us. I, I just, I got sick of it. So I, I made the announcement and then I called everybody and I said, Oh, by the way, we just broke up, you know, and you guys won't know, you, you guys won't know. Cause none of you are on social media. <laughs> Nobody said anything. They were just like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. What I remember is that sentimental yeah. reaction to it was huge. It was, <laughs> it was something that, you know, we come from music that is pre-internet. So in the social yeah. media age, I had not really seen a reaction to a band's departure like that. What made you go back across? What made you, uh, what made, you know, the four years enough time? Uh, immediately, you know, I, we were still talking to each other and everybody agreed that nobody really wanted to break up. Like none of us wanted this to happen. And we all still had the desire to play. And even though we're all old and, we're all out of shape and whatever. Uh, the last few tours prior to that had been great. We'd had a few really kind of crappy turnouts, but overwhelmingly it was great turnouts. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm and energy, a lot of young people still going, which we later on found out that it, they were the children of the, the, the old fuckers like us who were, <laughs> who got their kids into it, you know, bands like seven seconds and, you know, the other bands and, um, we just, we didn't really want it to end that way. We, the last two shows, there was a Sacramento show and a San Francisco show. They were at these, they were 21 and over shows. Uh, we, we, I think in total seven seconds in, in 40, almost 40 years, I think we played maybe five 21 and over shows, maybe a little bit more, but not much more than that. And, uh, it just didn't end on a, not, not that it has to end on a bang or a big, a big deal. Uh, we, we, we always said we'd never make the announcement. Oh, we're, this is it. This is the last tour, mm -hmm. but we just wanted, we, we would have liked for our own selves and maybe for the people that have just been with us for so long to, for, to have it end in a, in a, in a, in just more of a celebration than a fucking, just like it petered out. So that was always something we talked about. And Steve and I actually started to talk more and more than we'd had in years. He was being honest with me about his issues. And I was trying to do what I could being completely over. All of this has been over my head. You know, I started going to fucking Al-Anon meetings and just to try to understand this better. And I'm calling all our, all of our mutual punk rock friends, many people that are your friends and, and just asking them, you know, like, what do I, I don't know what to do here. You know, I don't want to enable, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be this, that, but I'm not, a, I never drank. I never did any of this stuff, you know? And so once I got to started getting a better handle on that, Steve and I started communicating more and every day we just said, well, you know, maybe one day we'll do this. If Troy feels better about it, let's do it. And then uh, I was, you know, I, I was pretty settled. I was okay with it. You know, I didn't miss it. I mean, I, I missed uh, I missed playing shows with that band playing those songs, but I didn't miss getting in a fucking band for a month uh, at 58 years old or however old I was and just mm -hmm. trying to sleep on band benches and trying to read books and try to, you know, I feel like we've done all that stuff and it's great. And I probably do it again uh, in another situation, but I don't want to be in a, a, another van with seven sec seconds ever again, unless it's like for a couple of days here and there, <laughs> you know, being out for a, three weeks or a month, I, you know? So yeah, I just, I was good with it. And I started to, you know, kind of focus. I started actually working again, which I hadn't done, you know, getting kind of getting back in the workplace, which was very odd to start, you know, filling out resumes and, and, and doing that kind of stuff. But it was good for me. It kind of got me back into um, just, just, I don't know, just working, being a part of something that wasn't, I realized I'd lived in such a weird fucking dumb bubble for so many years, just mm -hmm. based on this thing of, that we're all part of. And it's really easy to kind of get suckered in if you're, 
if you're me, maybe not for a lot of other people, but I just kind of, I just kind of thought like, I never thought I was going to get rich doing it. And I never thought it was like really a career, but it'd become that. And without it, I was like, well, fuck what now, you know, not only so many people are going to come and see me with acoustic guitar and at a coffee mm-hmm. shop, you know? So I don't know. Anyway, we stayed in touch. And then, um, there was an issue, you know, Troy's wife, Ginger passed away last year. I was going down to LA for a couple of days to do some social media stuff for the reissue, the crew reissue. And literally the morning of Troy called me as I was getting ready to leave, I was driving down. Troy called and said that his wife had passed away a couple of days before. And uh, it, I just, it was, I was gutted, you know, I didn't know what to do. Ginger had, had been a, you know, just such a friend of the band and, and, and so such a big vital part of this band for, Jesus, they've been together since they were together since the eighties, mid eighties. And so I was like, I talked to Joe Nelson. I talked to people and I said, you know, I really wish I could just go to Reno. And I, and, and so I talked to Troy and he said, look, go down. I, I'm not ready to talk about this. Go down, do what you got to do. And then when you get a chance, maybe come on, come up to Reno. So I did that. I came back up to Reno. We talked. And um, while I was down in LA, Keith Morris and I and Joe had dinner and Keith just said, Hey, what are, what are the chances of seven seconds playing with us at the Palladium? And I thought, wow, man, that'd be really fun. Just do one show, you know, mm-hmm. like just, you know, he goes, well, you know, talk to the guys, see what they say. And I said, well, I don't think we're going to do it, but I'll talk to them. I'll see what happens. And uh, I called Steve. He was like, yes, please. I want to do this. And Bobby was up. Troy just said, I want to, but I, I can't. And I physically, and I just, he goes, you know, I guess he'd gone to a show, a Pennyway show or something. And he, it just, he's got some inner ear thing going on too. And he just said, it's just, I, I'm just not, I'm not having fun with the live music thing anymore, but I want you guys to do it. Cause I know that we didn't end this, you know, in a way that we wanted to end it, whatever you need from me, if you want to find somebody to do it. And I was like, well, I don't want to find anybody. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just more work, you know? So I told Keith, I said, look, I, I think we'd all love to do it, but I don't know what we do for a drummer. And, and I don't want to, I just don't want to, you know, there's, there's maybe a couple people up here up in Northern California that could do it. But, but then it's like, you know, start. I mean, you've been in enough bands, you know, you like, you know, I don't know what you, how you feel about it, but one of the reasons I haven't started other bands, even though I've got a, you know, a million songs, I could do it, um, is just that whole starting over again and trying to get used to new personalities and let them get used to me and, and just, um, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm too old for that shit. So, I told Joe and then Joe said, well, I may have ideas, you know, Joe, he's just like, yeah. he's always got stuff going on. So, so yeah, Sam, the name popped up with Sammy's name popped up and I thought, well, shit, we love Sammy and Troy loves Sammy and Sammy loves Troy and that'd be cool. So we started talking and it just, it just started to feel better and better every few hours, you know, like everything nice. was just, everybody was kind of just uh, clicking and uh, in the talks uh, you know, I kind of told everybody, you know, what, I mean, I, after talking with Steve and Bobby about it and then Troy, you know, Tro- I, I went up and hung out with Troy and um, he just, he loved the idea. He said, you know, I, there are key people that I, you know, like I'd love to see it happen with Sammy would definitely be one of those things. And, and I, even at that point, I said, well, look, if at, at any point, if you start to feel better, if you're doing rehab, you're rehabbing this stuff and it feels good, let me, you know, let's do this. And he's like, yeah, it's not going to happen, you know? So, right kind of heartbreaking but you know it's just it is what it is you know like it i get it so yeah it everything just kind of went in that direction and uh next before you knew it uh circle jerks offered us the whole this part of you know from from march 17th on leading up to the palladium show and 
I asked everybody and Sammy was available. And I said, well, then maybe this is the time to do it. We can, we can go out the way that we want to go out, not make a big announcement. Yep. Well, no. So what I was going to say um, for those, for people who don't know what oh. Kevin's referring to is the first uh, North American tour in 15 years for the circle jerks. But I mean, it involves the adolescence. It involves negative approach and a huge chunk of it involves seven seconds. It's kind of the most buzzed about tour out there. What stands out to me is a stark contrast with something you talked about just, you know, five, 10 minutes ago, which was you learned to go back to filling out resumes and getting real jobs and, you know, sort of practical grown-up life. Well, between now yeah. and when you leave in the middle of March, how does it work? I well, mean, you know, how much how much of it time has to be set aside for preparing for that? How much time has to be preserved for paying the bills until then? I, I find it interesting. Well, Dan, I quit that job. And okay. uh, <laughs> no, I was working. I worked uh, between, I don't even know, but for the last two years, uh, I've worked for the same company doing various things, various duties, like literally working for a while for like two months and then just like turning, given my notice, taking a month off and doing a bunch of painting and then, you know, sniffing around to see, I, I don't, I don't need to mention the company name. They're an evil, evil megacorp, but I was able to, uh, the biggest reason was because of healthcare, you know, healthcare coverage. I, my mm-hmm. wife and I started thinking about it. I'm just like, we just, you know, we're both getting older. We have to, we have to start taking care of ourselves better and, 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 and getting checked out and getting this and that. And I said, we just can't do it on Obamacare. And so um, she runs her own business. So she doesn't, she's just, you know, she's just, it's a, it's just a hopeless situation at that point. So I said, well, I'm going to work no matter what. So I might as well go for where, you know, where I can get us healthcare coverage and also make it an honest wage. And, uh, you know, it'll be good for me physically, even on a social level. Uh, I've been writing about this a lot, trying to figure out my feelings on it, you know, working in it back into kind of a warehouse. It's a, it's a whole, I mean, I did it when I was, you know, 20 and all of a sudden I'm 50 doing 50 something doing it. And, uh, it was really good for me. It just kind of, uh, not that I'm terribly ungrounded, but it just really, really, really grounded me to in a place to in a way that I I really appreciate it. And it also gave me a lot of um, it. It just made me really appreciate being creative more, doing creative shit more. You know, all of a sudden it was just it it was like a it was just I'd go into my little studio and I'd I'd just be like, wow, this is like. You know, I get a lot of stuff done. So, yeah, I'm, the job is not a but, it, you know, that that job is always there if I want it uh, and I don't want it right now and I don't want it for for, for the next few months. We'll see what happens. You know, um, I've been doing really well with my artwork, too, over the last couple of years. And so that's been something I'm trying to kind of accept and get comfortable with. You know, well, What I was wondering is if you end up having to straddle two worlds, which whether you're basically having to have a day job and a night job right now while you prepare for tour. Yeah, it sounds to me like tour preparation is getting absolute priority for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't I don't think I could be working full time uh, and do this. I just would be too exhausted. And, you know, maybe if I was a little younger, I could do it. But the next thing I wanted to ask you about, about going out on tour. And remember, we discussed before we started taping that I wanted to come at this from a couple different directions. I was going to say, I meant to say social conscience and I was about to say social distortion, which are two very well, different things. Orange County guy, you know, but, but you know, <laughs> from a social conscience standpoint and from a, from, from a position of direct influence on sort of, on, on sort of the moral ascendancy of hardcore, you guys are put in kind of an interesting position, something you've never feigned. You've never, you know, tried to claim any kind of a hero status, but going back out, do you feel at all like you put something precious at risk? Because the respect for seven seconds is incredibly high. 
And anytime you go back and revisit something that's really treasured, the potential to, to undo something is there. That is neither, neither what I suspect will happen nor anything I would ever wish for you, but I'm yeah. neurotic as hell. And if I was in your place, I'd be like, God, I don't want to fuck this up. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I've never given much of a shit about legacy in terms yeah. of this thing. I never uh, like people go, what, you know, you're, you got this legacy to live up to. And I'm like, wait, so where, when, like we got shit on when we, you know, I, I remember leaving Reno to go on tour and we got back, we were fucking sellouts and everybody hated us. We were like the band that put on all the shows. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, when we signed a BYO, we got shit. And when we got dumped on by the, the best of the best, you know, Tim Yohannans. And so <laughs> so at this point, you know, I, I don't I, whatever our legacy is and I and I'm not shitting on it. I'm very, very happy to to have anybody view this band in, 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 a, in a positive, great way. And when people say, you know, your lyrics have changed my life, you know, I, I have no idea how to, you know, I, I, I thank them and, and sometimes I hug them, but I'm really not, um, I'm just not very mindful of that stuff. I, 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 it's not even trying. I just, I feel like at an early age, uh, I, I, I started to buy into it a little bit, you know, we'd play shows and we'd see and hear all this stuff and, and younger bands would come up and tell us how meaningful we were. And I, I can tell that I had started to really kind of, Oh, this is fuck. This feels pretty good. You know? And uh, especially being a kid that was, you know, I look, I, I grew up just very fearful and not confident. And I didn't have a voice for, for, for a good portion of my, my, you know, throughout my teen years. And I came into this a kind of a broken, poor kid that just found something that just made my heart swell. And and uh, I, I wanted to do something with it somehow. And so the idea of it being later in years being sort of held up in this thing, I, I don't I don't know, man, like. It, there's a lot of talk about like right now uh, amongst various people that we're kind of talking to a lot, like, you know, you got to get the perfect band photo and you got to get, make sure that the, the, the banner is this and that. And, and I'm like, we're the fucking middle act between fucking negative approach and the circle jerks two fucking le legendary hardcore bands, bands that we can, we can like seriously call in some, you know, big way peers. Right. Mm -hmm. And we got the best spot in the whole thing. I get to watch negative approach, go grab food or, you know, take a nap, come out, do our show for 50 minutes and then, you know, watch the circle jerks. And then that's it. We're on a, a tour bus so I can go to sleep. You can go to sleep. We can sit. And it's like, I'm sure there's going to be, I already, you know, that there are people that are talking shit about like, Oh, I thought they said they weren't going to do it. What about the, it, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. You know, like I, I it, you know, it, to me, it's just like, um, now, if we go out there and fucking stink it up and just look and sound like 60 year old men, then, hey, fucking nail us to the wall. It, it doesn't really matter. Even that, you know, it does. It's not going to change much because it's not like we're planning on sticking around for another 10 years. So I don't know. I, I maybe I, I have a shitty attitude about this whole thing and, and the hardcore thing. And I, I mean, I know I do, but it's not because I'm resentful or upset. It's just because I'm, we, ha we did hang in there, you know, despite, you know, the way things change musically or personnel wise or whatever, you know, signing to a major label for a while, signing to this label, we did hang in there and we toured our asses off and, and we never fucking gave up on the, the idea of a, a, the community of the scene. You know, we were always doing it for that, even if at, at, at the risk of us coming home and, 
you know, living out of a, at one point when we moved to Sacramento, we were li- literally living in an office space, you know, with no shower and no kitchen. And at some point I, I, I remember thinking like, what do we got to do to prove anything? And why are we trying to prove anything? Like, shouldn't we be just proving it to the people that paid, you know, five to $10 every night to come and see us? Those, that's what we're, we're trying to prove our shit to. And that's, and even that is just like, we're going to, we'll play a great show for you. And that's what you get from us. You don't need, you don't, it doesn't matter what my politics are. It doesn't matter how long my fucking hair is or that I'm wearing black under the eyes or not. It doesn't fucking matter. And you shouldn't strip on it. You know, what I would say (laughs) is that from what I have seen reaction, positive reaction to you announcing that you were going to do it was huge and almost universal. Mm -hmm. But what I can relate to in hearing you talk, it's always the negative voices in the chorus that ring in your head. You know, they're the ones that split our skin, you know, like, I don't know of anybody who's got a cynical attitude towards you guys doing this tour, but I can, no, tell, I really you, but I can tell that you, okay. I was thinking, um, but I'm ready been, for it. Okay. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. I know. I know it's going to come up, you know, like, and, and no, you're right though, man, I, I haven't, it's been pretty glorious. Uh, there have been a couple people just saying, Hey, I thought Kevin said they weren't going to do it anymore. And that's fair. You know, although I've, I've done shit between the last time you and I talked, I've done, I don't know how many friggin' podcasts. And and every one of them, I said, look, if tomorrow we find a way to make this work and, and we're all happy doing it, we'll do it in a heartbeat. I never, I was, I missed it the second we stopped doing it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't because, oh, there's our moneymaker or, oh, they're, you know, I've got to keep the legacy going. Maybe I'll just find four or three other guys, you know, like so many other bands who they just, they replace, replace, replace. There was talk at one point about a, a, a couple people from different great bands that I, I love and respect, um, just learning seven second songs and back in me under a different name. And I thought, you know, I it's, it's, it's like the Nevada circuit. I come from the Nevada uh, fucking live music, but mm-hmm. I still, I really love these songs. Some of these songs, believe it or not, even the songs that we've played 20 million times. And I, and I missed the, just that energy of just going out and seeing people fucking smiling and going on, going nuts and singing along. But I also prepared myself and I said, Hey, you know, we've had an, an amazing run. I'm fine with everything, you know, the bad and the good. And uh, I have a great home life. I don't need to prove anything to myself in terms of just, I got to go out and show what a great showman I am. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't care about any of that stuff. You know, like if, if, if it just doesn't matter to me that much anymore, I want to be good. I don't want to suck, but I'm not down with the bullshit. You know, like I just, if, you know, it, if people love it, they'll have to love it because uh, they'll have to love it on our terms, I guess. And if they don't, I, I'm cool with that too. But I mm-hmm. and I think they will. I think they will. And I think it's a great package. So, like I said, I'm not I'm not really stressed out. If we were headlining a you know like a tour, I think it would be weird and just not fun to be it's honest a, with you. It's a monster. The last time you and I talked at length, the pandemic was four months old. Okay. And January sixth had not happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that and we talked most wow. of the time we started off talking about things like nixon we, i don't think we gave i don't think we gave the pandemic we you know the influence of your mother i don't think we gave the pandemic as much heft as yeah. we realized it would command yeah. you think you're going to be going out into a different world than you left the last time you toured i think about it and i wonder if the national division will be evident in hardcore crowds and in punk rock crowds yeah that's a really good thing yeah I don't know, man. I that's a I think based on just watching posts uh you know where like a well-known band posts something on Instagram saying, you know, uh fuck this vax bullshit, you know, and then seeing the response or seeing somebody talk. I've even gotten a, some, you know, pushback when I've said, you know, I had a photo of me wearing a mask and of course I had, you know, 
primarily it was people saying, oh, man, I'm glad you're asking about. But there were, of course, a couple of people saying, oh, yeah, that's right. Non-thinker just, you know, do go along with all the, you know. And, I, I you know, at first, the, the small fighter in me was like, yeah, OK, here we go. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm not trying to convince anybody anything. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought about it, but. I think it, my thing is I know myself well enough to know that if I think about it too much or I let myself think about it too much, I, I'll just start talking myself out of, the, you know, the good things and the positive and the fun things. And and I just don't want to do that. You know, I don't I, I just don't want to do that. You know, of course, they're going to be asshole. You know, every yeah. every time we've stepped, got into a van, we you know, and gone to a club, you know, there's going to be somebody that's some naysayer or dickhead that just wants to fucking wreck the party for everybody. And I don't know. I don't know what I can do about it anymore. I, I don't, I never did. I was never able to do anything about it in the past. You know, like uh, maybe we could, we could stop fighting for 40 minutes just to get through a fender set, you know, right. but, but, but the minute we were gone, they all fucking went and killed each other anyway at the DRI sure. show the following week. So I just feel like, you know, just do what you can. And we've been rehearsing this a couple of different sets and it's like, there's so little time between songs that I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to have much to say from the stage. You know, obviously if somebody's if a fight breaks out, we're gonna say something, but I don't know. It's gonna it is gonna be weird. It's gonna be uh, different. And you know, the the ticket prices are higher, the 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 venues are different. I don't I don't know that there's gonna be a lot of there are gonna be a lot of stage divers or kids on the stage. You know, I have mm-hmm. no idea. And uh I, I you know I mean I'm okay with it but because the last few tours we did, you know, I I, I got in two fist fights, which I have not done in years because some kid just wanted to grab me by the neck and pull me in and fucking kick me in the nuts. And I got into an argument with my brother because I got into it with this kid in, on stage in Seattle. And it was just like, you know, you didn't see this guy kept choking me and and grabbing my fucking hair and, and mm-hmm. fucking kneeing me in the nuts. And I'm like, I, I, I can only take so much, you know, like it's these are old nuts. You know, this is an old <laughs> this is an old head. I, I know. I'm not a, Spring I now chicken. have a tagline for my interview. It's just going to say, these are old nuts. <laughs> Kevin seconds. Uh, let's well, get into I, something. You're that, welcome. Yeah, there you go. Did I ever, th- you know, do you know what Ian, what Ian gave me? No. You know, in my interview with Ian, he said, you know, the good thing about human beings. And I said, what? He said, they die. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, Holy that's, shit. There, there's some gold. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's I talk about, that one. Uh, you got old nuts. So let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the trust reissue. You've referenced it a few times here. I have it. Yeah, uh, it's a remarkable package. Thank you, trust. I, I know you had some trepidations about the original recording, and I know that the remaster does sound different. And once you mm-hmm. get inside the cover, the packaging is different. How do you feel about it? I love it. I love yeah. it all the way through. Yeah, uh, I, there's not much they could have done except make it louder. I, you know, there was talk of trying to remix it, and then. Uh, only because I've always hated that sort of weird reverby thing that they put on the guitar mm-hmm. uh, in the in the original mix, and we knew so, but we knew nothing about being in a studio when we were doing the crew. We were more concerned about just like trying to blaze through this because we didn't we knew that for the first time somebody was paying for us to be in the studio byo guys, and uh, we just wanted to get a bunch of our friends in there and do the big gang chorus thing. But I I didn't know anything about. Uh, anything in terms of like I was intimidated by engineers and and we all were so in hindsight you know it would have been great to get to fix that stuff but it was we were just you know we discussed it and everybody we kind of felt like it was best to just leave it kind of maybe make it louder maybe put some beef in there you know I was gonna say it's got without, more bottom it, end yeah yeah which it, you know I'm glad and that was a big thing with Steve 
my brother, but um, I love the packaging. And, you know, I, I, I said, you know, for years, people said, oh, you guys got to have a book or a documentary. And I'm like, well, and we have it now, kind of. There it is. It's like, you know, all the right people are involved. And I don't know, you know, I just think uh, it, it trusted an amazing job and they've been great to work with so far. Uh, I love Joe and it's just been a real positive thing. You know, we when we started with BYO, we had it was all buddies and and handshakes and 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 on our end, you know, on their end, they were pretty the Stearns were pretty savvy back then, you know. So um, we just kind of entered in this whole world that we weren't prepared for and just we just wanted to get a record out and and it's been great they didn't they you know byo put us on that on the map whatever that means but there's just been a lot of goofy things in, in the you know the background over the years and and so having this come out the way it did when it did was kind of a nice way to like not have to worry about any of this bullshit anymore you know i'm sorry about being vague but i just you know i just i i, I think all. it's i think it's very very cool and I, and i think they put a lot of love and and effort into this and it it feels right it's nice to no, be it, it's remarkable and the book in the center with sort of the oral history is great i don't remember if it's with all copies or whether it was with a limited run but the is the united we stand recording or whatever well right the seven inch yeah yeah the seven inch being there that was a great touch uh, when Nelson gave me my copy, I was just like, this is nicely, nicely done. And I understand you're going to do something similar with walk together, rock together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's the, uh, that's the talk we're, we're going to, we're, we're taking it back to the, the original EP and, and Brian Walsby's involved, which we're, I'm really, really happy about. Um, and yeah, I think it's cool. You know, um, at this point, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that, that, that Joe and, and, and Matt, care enough about the situation to make sure that we're we're not pampered they don't have to you know baby talk us but just like uh they want to they want to do this with respect and and they want to make sure that we're happy and and because this is it for, for those records you know this is this is what, what what's going to be out there and also you know like we've just so much of our stuff hasn't been up on like digital whether you like the streaming thing or not i get people hate spotify and all that stuff but you know i i went to the source i you know i couldn't understand every feels like every day people were saying why isn't your stuff on spotify and i was like i don't know talk to the sterns you know they got a thing with it and, I, and one day i just called in and i said look i i just went and looked and all the discord stuff's on to spotify what's what's going on you know like you know and, and he was like like we just we always wanted our music to be heard. We just want that was what it was all about. And so, yeah, that's that's the key. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel and how we feel about it, too. And I figure if, he, you know, that's a pretty I mean, if it passes the ends muster, then I figure, you know, look, I, I don't know why I get integrity and I get that, you know, we're all being bent over and fucked over by these corporations. But I mean, I don't know. I always said before I die, I just want our I want everything out for people that want it, not just the collectors that want to you know, that can afford to spend money to stupid money to buy, you know, test pressing. I want people that just want to have it and hear it, be able to do that. You know, so that is a good spot for me to jump in with something that does not come naturally to me, but that I think I would be remiss not to do for you as a guest and for trust as benefactors of the show. And that is to point out that ticket info for the tour that we've been discussing and mail order for the crew reorder are both available through trustrecordscompany.com. And then the nerd fun part for me is right now there is a promo code that is trust Dan O, which All will get right. you well, which will get you 20% <laughs> off everything. And I've never said anything like that in my life. So there's that. Um, I love it. 
Do you think you'll be writing more seven seconds material or do you think that's a decision that comes when you see how this feels? Yeah, I think everything is, it depends on how this feels. You know, the, uh, there are offers to go and do Europe and a bunch of the festivals. And, and, and I know we're supposed to be saying yes now <laughs> to that mm-hmm. stuff if we want to do it. But I just said, I, I get it's time sensitive, but let's just, uh, let's just get through this and see how we feel. I don't want any commitments after this. And, and if it means kind of screwing ourselves out of touring later in the year, so be it, you know, everybody is on that level, you know, everybody's, I mean, everybody in the band's working, Sammy's in what, four bands, you know, like, I like, uh, you know, Bobby's driving trucks, Steve's got his thing going. I feel like we're just in a good space. If we, whatever decisions we make, we can make it just based on like, there's no desperation. There's no like, well, I I hate doing this, but fuck it. Let's just do it. it. It'll just be because it just feels right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've written, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I write so much material. I, I mean, I have so much music from over the last five, six, seven years, and I just write constantly. And, and I write this stuff that I, in my, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this would be a great seven second song, but I, I'm not going to push it. And uh, if, if, if any, if Steve or Bobby say, Hey, you got any music or if, Hey, we got a song we worked on. I I'm, I'd be open to it. And I'm sure it would be fun for our, our friends and our fans to, you know, if we release something, but I, whether we do or not, I have no idea. It could happen, you know, or it might not. <laughs> so this slips kind of un- in uncomfortably into the interview, but luckily I've learned a little bit about editing lately. If it's as clunky as I fear it might be, but I watched that uh, Mike and his ukulele video of the damned cover the other day. Right. 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 And yeah. when I saw the caption for that, I could not, in a million years, picture your voice singing those vocals. You have a very particular lilt and a very particular red, you know, like key that you sing in. Mm. And it was gold. But, ah. but no, it, it was executed beautifully. It was fantastic. But it made me think of seven seconds. So I'm just one person uh. who's going to weigh in and tell you that I hope I hear seven seconds I've never heard before. Ah, well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I tried singing it the Dave Vanian way, but he sings r- much lower and yeah. it's much sexier. And, and and I love their version. That's one of my favorite damn songs. So I, when he asked me, I was just like, why that song? That's, that's such a weird, isn't it? You know, but I, I, and it took me forever. He went, he, he wanted it done before Christmas and it, it's great. It came out before Valentine's, so it's perfect. But uh, I just, I, I mess with that song. There is a version of me trying to sing it. Na, 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 na. And it just sounded like I was, it, I was croony because my voice, uh, if I let it, like with the acoustic stuff, it, it'll, it'll get croony pretty easily. Like it's cause I can actually sing, try to sing with, with seven seconds. There's very little room of, of singing, you know? So uh, I just thought, let me try it this way and see what happens. And I sent it to Mikey and he loved it. He said, Oh, this is great. And, so I, you know, uh, the odd part for me was just doing the lip syncing for the video. Cause I was trying to figure out ways to do it without just look, showing how uncomfortable I was. And, and I finally, a buddy of mine from here in Sacramento said, Hey, you want me to shoot it? And I was like, well, I'm comfortable around you. Let's do, let's do it somewhere where I'm like, like, I don't want to do it in a cool room with records behind me. I'm mm-hmm. let, let, let's, let's let the people who really, that's what, that's how they live. So we went to a park, we were going to take a walk and we went to a park, we did it. And, but yeah, it's cool, you know, and it's great to see you know, a muck and bunt, you know, uh, from 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 SNFU and and uh, I I know Joe. Joe's great. I don't know, um, sorry, face to face guy. I don't know the drummer, but uh, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of a cool little, you know. I I love the the idea of that whole thing. It's pretty neat. Well, listen, I wanted to make it a, make a point of getting a hold of you and talking before you went out on this tour, and I appreciate you giving me. Um, access on such short notice 
No, man. I love you know, your podcast. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm glad that you asked me I'm into it. All right. Well, listen, Kevin, I can't think of a better wrap or better wrap to the episode than hearing you say thank you. So everyone, that is another episode of Dano Says So. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.